welcome everybody to another episode of Home Equity, a real estate podcast about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our guest today does not need an introduction. <laughs> we have Jay Mitchell with us today, NAR Chair of the Fair Housing Advisory Committee. Jay, welcome. Thank you, Nicole. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. I'm glad. It's a nice Friday. It's almost a weekend. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> well, Jay, let's start. I know I didn't say in an introduction, but do you want to tell us about your background a little bit? What would you like to know? Well, how long have you been in the business? So I've been in real estate for 18 years after about 25 years in television news across the country. So I've uh, gone into a really different world from what that was and I have not looked back for a second. Well, that is good for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because we love having you here. So let's start talking more about your experience as NAR chair of the Fair Housing Advisory Committee. So I can't tell you that I've had a whole lot of experience at that yet because I just came into that position in November <laughs> when the gavel came down at the NAR convention, but I did serve as the vice chair for the year prior. And before that, I was serving as the chair of the NAR Consumer Communications Committee. And we did an awful lot of work on fair housing issues then, really as part of NAR's self-awareness of realizing that years ago we were not very friendly to anybody other than white male Americans. And that goes back to a long history and not a particularly good history, but we recognize that we have to move forward and accept that we did not do the right things for a while. Clearly, that's ancient past, but it's still in the past, and you have to understand the past and kind of correct it. And so we've been working on the process of making some amends for that and um, explaining why we were what we were at the time. doesn't make it right, but we can make it right now. And so really, I'd say within the last four or five years, there's been a bigger focus by NAR on really recreating fair housing as a a really important piece of what we do. And along with that, discussions about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So it's been a process of my learning a lot of things that I thought I was relatively unbiased. And I found out that we have a lot of things in our lives that are in fact biased that we don't really understand and know about. There's hidden discrimination. There's um, unexpected bias to some degree that you think you've done all the right things and then you realize maybe you really didn't. Yeah. You actually touched on my second point, which is amazing. But I was going to ask you, do you believe fair housing is still as much of an issue today as it was 10, 15 years ago? You know, you look at the stats, for example, on the LGBTQ Real Estate Alliance website, and it says that 46% of LGBTQ in the community, they're concerned of buying a house just because of the stereotyping that they may face. I think it's better than it was, particularly for people of color. I think it's somewhat better. I think that there are plenty of issues to go around, regardless of who you are. And the, the whole point of diversity, equity, and inclusion is to wrap our arms around everybody and understand that everybody has the right to do whatever they need to do to purchase a home. As long as they can afford it, they should be able and allowed to do that. And there have been things that have stood in their way. There are certainly segments of the community that are not well taken care of, probably, and I think that continues to be a problem, and that's what we have to raise awareness of. My late partner and I went to buy a house together in 1989, 
and a mortgage officer who still is in this market and still doing loans told us at the time, well, you can't buy a house together because you're gay. We said, what difference does that make? We have the money. And so we had to fight to get what we needed to get done. The simple answer to that was we changed loan officers and got it done. (laughs) So you can find your way around it, but you shouldn't have to find ways around things. It should be very clear. This is how we do business. These are the people we work with. These are the people who we live with and live around. There should not be any question whether you're a veteran or you're gay or you're lesbian or you're pink or you're purple or you're, it doesn't, it should not ever matter. And I think that's what we're really trying to get at. And it it still takes a process of education, which is what we're really about right now is getting those words out so that people really do understand and absorb what has to happen. You answer that perfectly. I mean, in another episode, we had one of the members of the DEI committee, she brought up the importance of stories, storytelling, of listening, of just listening to the community around us. And that story you just told me just goes to prove that it is important to hear these cases because whether they were 10, 15 years ago, they may still be happening today. And without raising awareness about it, you know, people just would not know. So thank you for sharing that because it's important for our members and for everybody to hear that, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with every day go through those things. And like you said, nobody should have to jump hoops. (laughs) If they can afford to own a home, they should. You know, I look at some things that are going on right now. For instance, in downtown Norfolk, the city is tearing down a lot of the old housing projects that that you could argue were a bad idea to begin with. You could also argue they're a good idea. There are any of number of ways to argue that, but the fact of the matter is those units are outdated, the plan is outdated, the concept is outdated, and they probably do need to come down. But the issue then becomes, where do those people go? Yes. That's their home. Some mm-hmm. of those people have lived nowhere else, and they, they have a right to be someplace where they are happy and comfortable. And so it's a real uprooting to go through this process of of tearing your house down, essentially, and moving you someplace else. Where do you go? Who do you live with? Are you multi-generational? Where do you find what you need next? Do you stay in the city? Do you go to another city? There's an awful lot of angst that goes with that. And it, it plays right along to fair housing issues and DEI and goes down to the whole issue of what is home and where is home. And home is different to everybody. Yes. But you still have to be able to find a way to have home. And we used to call things affordable housing. I'm not sure there's anything today that's really affordable. It's gotten crazy. But certainly the discussion about workforce housing, I think, is important. And we have to find ways as realtors to really create those kinds of opportunities for the people we live around. And I think that the more we can do to get the message out that we are an inclusive society, we have to be more inclusive, and we have to understand what people's lives are about. I think we get a long way down the road to making people happier and and creating a, a better environment. You touch on, you know, being inclusive. And when all these projects are getting turned down and people are having to move away, not only are they leaving their home, they're leaving their community. And they would have to find a new community that hopefully they can either fit in or for their kids to grow up in. So that is a really good point. Um, You touch on the similarities between fair housing and DEI and how they are interconnected. Can you touch on the differences? How does fair housing separate from DEI? Sure. 
you know, fair housing is really focused on the right of people to own a property. Okay. It's pretty simple when you get right down to it. It may be one of the more simple things we deal with, and yet it's maybe one of the most challenging, which is crazy. And DEI really is about finding ways to have the discussions with people about who they are, why they do what they do, what their background is, how they want to live, how they interact, and and what is their culture. What culture do they come from? Are they coming into a different culture? Are they bringing their culture into another culture? What what is it they're doing to live their lives? And I think that that NAR has started to do a pretty good job of figuring out the differences between people and trying to get realtors, first of all, to understand this is what you have to do in order to further the DEI discussion and to further fair housing is they do have to be intermingled to some degree. And so if you've got somebody who is struggling to buy a house or they think they're struggling, sometimes it's perception, um, they, they have to know that there's somebody who's going to back them up. And whether that's a realtor or a mortgage officer or an affiliate who has the things those people need to live their lives, we have to be able to open it up to them. And so we've done, I think, a good job at NAR of introducing some things like the At Home with Diversity program so that you can go through the AHWD program and really find new ways to think about people and how they live their lives. And that that program is all-encompassing for a lot of people. I mean, it includes every kind of of person you can think about in terms of how they live their life and what is their culture. So that it it could be about somebody who's overseas. And, you know, does somebody who's Japanese need to have different kind of help buying a house in Norfolk, Virginia? And probably. And so we have to be able to adjust to those cultural norms that are very different for people. And that's the point behind At Home with Diversity. We've also developed the Implicit Bias Program which is designed to help realtors understand they have a bias whether they think they do or not. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I I went through the implicit bias and looked at it, and I went, wow, I never thought I was being biased about X, but in fact I probably was. And so it's it's a way to check. And then we added in Fairhaven, which is a great online program, and it's it's really setting the scene for a lot of various scenarios so that realtors can go through and see how those scenarios play out and, and essentially be tested on it so that they understand this may be the right way to do it or you may think this is the right way to do it and then you realize, oh, that's really not it because I didn't understand. So I think that's been really the focus for NAR is, is knowing that DEI – and fair housing work together so that there is at least some kind of discussion going on. You can't have one without the other. You can't have silos. You brought up education. You know, a lot of communities think that they don't qualify to buy a home or they think that they, if they're single, they can't buy a house. And nowadays, something that we've been trying to do here at Hurrah with our DEI committee is providing that education for agents, for realtors to know that you have to go into the community and educate these communities that there are resources out there 
available for them to apply for first-time homebuyers or apply to all these grants. So education is definitely a big part of it. What would you like to see our DEI committee do in terms of that? Do you believe we need to focus on education? Do you believe we need to focus on community what do you envision us to do? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> all, of, all of that. It, it, it all goes to education. I mean, we've dealt a lot at the national level with special purpose credit programs, which can allow people to buy properties in areas where they may not have been allowed to buy before uh, because the community has not been welcoming to them. And so it literally goes down in some cases to community banks that can offer special purpose credit programs to uh, folks who otherwise might not be able to get sort of the traditional financing. And again, to things like you're talking about with a variety of other programs that offer, you know, down payment assistance or no down payment, if you're talking about things like VA or FHA or VHDA loans. So there's always an education process. We have a lot of new agents who have come into the business and they don't always know that a lot of it's new to them and it's overwhelming. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. And so it's hard to get all the information out, but that's what we have to do. And we spend a lot of time, particularly at the national level, building ad campaigns. That's who we are, for instance, to help build those things so that we can get the word out nationwide about how does this work what are the opportunities for people? And then, of course, as you start to drill down, you get to the state and the local level, and it's all about education. It's always all about education, yeah. and it's always about how well people are going to listen and how well they're going to implement what they learn. So moving on from education, we hear all these initiatives in the NAR House. We are trying to push education, going out to the community, and have people learn what do you say is the biggest adversary against DEI or fair housing? So it's attitudes. Um, attitudes are hard to change. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't feel that and doesn't understand it. And, and they probably have not been in a position where they've been discriminated against, or if they were, they didn't realize it. And I think that, I have yet to meet a real estate agent who didn't want to make more money. Okay. And so if you want to make more money, you learn to work with everybody all the time and you don't make a judgment about them. You work with that person and you make it happen. If they're your client, you absorb and understand and you listen to them and you do as they ask, obviously within the law. Uh, but there are clearly ways to understand that the people you work with every day have lives and people in their lives who matter, and they have to be first in your real estate business, in my opinion. You mentioned working with people, and you know, in real estate, you want to make money, you have to sell houses to as many people as you can. Here at Hurrah with DEI, we have collaborated with multicultural associations to try to understand because, you know, communication, meeting with people, telling stories is what truly makes us understand what they're going through. You have been in the business for a long time. How do you recommend that we cultivate these relationships in a genuine way? I think that there are. A lot of folks who would like to see groups sort of siloed. I talked about silos a little earlier. And I think that anytime you build a silo, you've got a problem. 
So rather than treating the diversity groups as diversity groups, they need to be treated like everybody. (laughs) And and I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but there's a point at which you go, everybody is in this game for the same reason. We're in it to, one, I hope, help people make good decisions to help them live their lives better. And two, yes, make money. Those things are what should, and I think do, drive 99% of the realtors I know. And at some point, you have to, I think, as a group say, we are so inclusive that the name of the organization, outside of it being an association, really doesn't matter so much. Let's get to that point where we accept that every group is part of our association, and let's not leave them out uh, to to some kind of, uh, I guess I would call it almost a freak show status of, gee, we've got all these people out here who are different. I think that's a disservice. I think okay. that there there are ways to to embrace and understand and acknowledge groups that are, I guess, coordinated in their own efforts that has to pull them into what we do. And when we talk about diversity and equity and inclusion, we have to believe it, not just say it. And the only way we can do that is by being as open as possible to everybody and making sure they're welcome no matter what the event is. Can I get that um, highlighted and engraved on the walls? (laughs) You have to believe it, not just say it. Right. (laughs) All right. We are now in the segment of our episode, According to. Jay, did you know that according to Built-in, a tech journal, diverse companies enjoy 2.5 times higher cash flow per employee than those who do not implement a DEI curriculum? I think that's great news. I think so as well. So to all of our listeners, practice DEI and you will increase your money. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate everything you do for us at the national level, at the state level, and at the local level. And we hope to help you back soon. It's my pleasure. It's a joy, not a job. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of Home Equity, a real estate podcast about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Home Equity is hosted by Nicole Valencia and is recorded in the Hurrah Studio at the Hampton Roads Realtors Association and is produced and edited by Mark Harlan. For more information about DEI and the Hampton Roads Realtors Association, please visit hrra.com forward slash DEI or click on the link in the show notes below. We are also not putting that in there. (laughs)